0: Welcome back to Global Views, your favorite place in the airspace for all things language, communication, and culture. As always, I'm your host, Bree, and this week is a very special week because at the end of the week on Saturday, that's tomorrow, we have a holiday, as I'm sure many of you are aware, and excited. Uh, It's one of my favorite holidays. I'm sure it's one of a lot of your favorite holidays, Uh, but it is Halloween, so yes, it is time to get weird and and scary and spooky and mysterious as if this year has not been weird and spooky and scary and mysterious enough. (laughs) Uh, Halloween 2020 feels very natural uh, to me as I'm sure it does to a lot of people so last week we spent a little bit of time discussing the way that Halloween is celebrated around the world whether it's actually called Halloween and whether it's actually celebrated on October 31st like it is in America like it is in much of Europe and we found out that it varies from region to region we got into some of the uh, regional traditions some of the cultural traditions some of the cultural notions and attitudes around Halloween in different parts of the world it was super fun I had a great time i hope you did if you didn't get to check it out i definitely would recommend going back and listening to that podcast too but uh in that same vein this week i wanted to dive a little bit into the history of halloween because so much of the way that halloween is celebrated in our culture and across those other cultures that we talked about last week has to do with its history and so i went through halloween through the ages and found the way it has evolved the things that have affected it and where some of the staples that we see and know and love about halloween actually came from what their roots are what their origins are uh, so we're going to dive into that here a little bit where else do we go besides the very first kind of form of halloween and so halloween actually originates uh in the area that is now ireland it was an ancient ke- It started as an ancient Celtic festival called Samhain, which marked the end of summer. It marked the time that things got colder and darker. Um, A lot of the sources that I found said that it indicated the end of the warm, the end of harvest. And so there was this Celtic belief that during this time, during Samhain, the kind of veil between the spiritual world and the physical world was its thinnest. They believed that that is when the spirits came in and interacted on Earth. And so so much of the place where Halloween begins and where our traditions begin is in uh, the Celtic people's attempt to interact with those spirits. So there's a couple things you'll probably recognize here. I know last week we talked about the bonfires and their significance, that bonfires were traditional in Ireland for Halloween and they have been since literally the first Halloween, which is Samhain. And so one of the traditions that we actually see still today that was uh, conceived or that has its roots in that very first iteration of Halloween is the wearing of costumes, is the dressing up. That is personally my favorite part of Halloween. I love, everyone has their own taste in costumes. Some people like to do funny costumes. Uh, some people like group costumes. Some people like really, really uh, special effects, intense, realistic costumes. That's kind of what I like. I, I love getting into all the, the makeup and, and all of those things. I'm personally one of the special effects kind of, you know, shock horror costume people uh, but there's so many different ways that we wear costumes now so costume wearing originated in Samhain as a way to ward off evil spirits Um, So they believed that this was the time when spirits would come and roam Earth. And so they would dress up in animal hides with masks and things uh, to confuse the spirits and either make them believe that they were one of them or to fend them off and scare them away. Uh, And I actually found a couple sources that says that people would put on these costumes and then go out of their houses and just make noises, like just make all kinds of strange noises (laughs) into the open space, into the night as a way to kind of confuse those spirits So uh, there's an interesting holiday tradition we could revive. Instead of going around trick-or-treating, just put on your costume, stand outside, and and yell for a little bit, which honestly doesn't sound all that inappropriate for Halloween this year. (laughs) Yeah, maybe not so far-fetched for Halloween 2020. Now, Samhain didn't stay Samhain, obviously. At some point, we arrive at modern Halloween, but this is kind of the journey that. Samhain goes on to become Halloween so we start with Samhain and then the Roman Empire actually conquers that Celtic land Uh, and when the Roman Empire takes over they kind of incorporate two of their already existing holidays into Samhain at this point it is still a religious festival it's still a, a pagan religious festival rooted in these traditions and the two holidays that they combine with Samhain are the Roman festival for Pomona And Pomona is the Roman goddess of fruit and orchards, and her original holiday was celebrated around November 1st, Uh, and this is actually where we we get the fall tradition of bobbing for apples, because Romans believed that the first person to get a bobbing apple with their teeth would marry in that following New Year, Um, and so they combined that holiday and kind of brought that tradition along with Samhain. Uh, They also combined their existing holiday, Feralia, which is their... Day to honor their dead. So the Roman Empire comes and conquers this Celtic area, and takes their two existing holidays, kind of merges them with Samhain, and they have this, you know, this this combination cultural celebration so Samhain is still pretty much intact it has some additives at this point but we have still got the the very spiritual focus on the day the Roman Empire has just adjoined their own holidays onto it as well now where we see the real shift in Halloween take place and I guess you could say there are several But the one that we're all familiar with, because it's one of those holidays that everyone says, you know, this started as a pagan holiday, right? Yes. And where we see that shift occur is actually in the 8th century. So in the 8th century, it was Pope Gregory the 3rd who made November 1st into All Saints Day, which is to honor every saint. So in the Catholic religion, they have all kinds of individual days to honor the individual saints. So Pope Gregory III institutes All Saints Day. It is to honor all the saints and praise all the saints. Uh, And it makes sense that it's on November 1st. The evening before becomes known as All Hallows' Eve which linguistically, we can see how that transitions into Halloween. But so the evening before All Saints Day becomes known as All Hallows' Eve. And there were traditions from Samhain incorporated into All Hallows' Eve, this new Christian holiday that has kind of attempted to take the place of Samhain. And so with that formation of All Hallows' Eve, we kind of start on the path to modern Halloween as we have it here in America today. So if we fast forward a little bit, The early colonial settlers come over to America from Europe, um, the first settlers. Now, Halloween was was something that the settlers were aware of when they came to America. It is not something that was celebrated very widely that had quite the life it does today because of the strong Protestant beliefs that the first settlers who came to colonize America held. So they don't celebrate Halloween so much. Um, I did find resources that said it was still somewhat popular in Maryland and in the South, which I think is really interesting. So there was the opportunity, there was the cultural consciousness to celebrate Halloween. It just didn't necessarily happen. But the Irish potato famine hits in the second half of the 19th century and sends an influx of Irish immigrants to America. And they kind of bring over their cultural spirit and and popularize the holiday among Americans. And they actually bring over with them the tradition of carving pumpkins, which I don't know if you know did not start at all as the tradition of carving pumpkins. It actually started as the tradition of carving turnips or any root vegetable. But when the Irish came over, they saw that pumpkins were really readily available in the U.S. They were easy to work with and carve with. So that is where we start with pumpkin carving. And going all the way back to their Celtic roots in Samhain, Uh, These pumpkins originally started being carved in ancient Ireland to scare off evil spirits and welcome deceased loved ones. So the idea was that they would carve, specifically back in ancient Ireland, they would carve the faces of demons into turnips to scare off evil spirits. But then they would place a light in them either with a hot piece of coal or a candle and light up the jack-o'-lantern that they had for the sake of their deceased loved ones. Uh, and this actually, this belief I'm realizing is more universal than I even think I, I recognized last podcast, in that, in a lot of parts of Asia, in a lot of other parts of Europe, People light some kind of candle or jack-o'-lantern or regular lanterns for the sake of guiding lost souls of deceased loved ones out of purgatory into heaven or paradise or nirvana, whatever it is, into the afterlife essentially to help those souls crossed over. And so this is kind of also the origin of jack-o'-lanterns. But like I said, the Irish come over and really popularize the holiday amongst Americans. They bring over this tradition of jack-o'-lantern carving um, and and pumpkin carving where it used to be turnips. And so Halloween kind of starts to rise to cultural consciousness in America. And the name jack-o'-lantern itself actually also has a really interesting backstory. There's uh, a couple ideas about why we call them jack-o'-lanterns, where the name comes from, I think honestly it could be a combination of a couple things, but two of the big explanations I found were that jack-o'-lantern is a British term that was popularized in Britain because any kind of, uh, you know, any man you saw walking on the street that you didn't know if you wanted to refer to them, uh, you would probably call them Jack, you know, Jack and Jill. Like in America, now when, you know, you're not able to identify somebody, you'll call them a John Doe. And so Britain was doing that, but with the name Jack. And then anyone who had a lantern, you would say, you know, there goes Jack of the lantern or Jack with the lantern. And it is also the term that they would use to refer to night watch. So like their their night patrol that went through the streets, they would carry a lantern with them and I I guess would be referred to as jack-o'-lanterns. Now the other story, which is a little bit more festive, we don't know which one is more or less true, but this one's definitely more festive, is that the term jack-o'-lantern comes from ancient Irish folklore, specifically this story. And I would retell it for you if I could, but I found a really great retelling on almanac.com if you want to go read it. And so here is the story the Irish folklore that the name jack-o'-lantern supposedly comes from. So it says, according to one theory, the term jack-o'-lantern originated from Irish folklore. As the story goes, a man called Stingy Jack invited the devil out for drinks and asked him to play a parlor game to see if the devil could turn himself into a coin so that they could pay for their drinks. After the devil obliged, Jack ran off with the coin and the devil was trapped inside of it. Jack freed the devil based on the deal that he would not claim Jack's soul when he died. Jack also played another trick on the devil to extend his life. Now it says when Jack finally died, God wouldn't allow him into heaven and the devil wouldn't allow him into hell. Instead, Jack O'Lantern aimlessly roams the earth for eternity with a lantern carved from a turnip to light his way. So whether this theory is true or not, Um, It has become a popular one, and it is a really fun story to tell, uh, to kind of go look into. And it kind of makes me want to go look at more old ancient Irish folklore surrounding Samhain and Halloween and all of those things. Now, we've covered pretty much all of Halloween. We've covered the day itself. We've covered its history. We've covered its pumpkin carving. But I'm sure you know, we have not talked about the most prominent part of Halloween as we know it as we understand it and that is trick-or-treating where the heck did trick-or-treating start how did this become a tradition so there's a couple points that we can kind of see the the thread of trick-or-treating start to run one is all the way back in ancient Ireland during Samhain uh, an extra place was set at the table during Samhain to serve as an offering to deceased loved ones people would put food outside in their doorway to appease bothersome spirits uh, who might play tricks on them Uh, One of the examples given of a trick is tipping over a container of milk, which seems ridiculous. But thinking about probably how difficult and how important that container of milk was back in ancient Ireland, I'm sure it was no small thing. So people would put food outside their homes to appease these spirits, uh, which kind of gives a little bit of explanation of the phrase trick or treat. Uh, And then there is a tradition over in England later on where the wealthy actually bake something called soul cakes for the poor and so they would come out for this this halloween celebration this all hallows eve um, and they would bake these soul these soul cakes uh the poor would ask for them beg for them and they would go door to door and collect them in exchange for promising to pray for the souls of the rich person's dead relatives so a little bit transactionary here but still very intriguing yes we can kind of start to see the the formation of trick-or-treating taking place between appeasing spirits and uh, this this transaction of food for prayers to get souls into heaven uh, which kind of ties back into the jack-o'-lantern idea or the lantern idea that happens a lot today still but either way we start to see this tradition taking place Uh, now When this tradition started to be popularized in America, uh, there was much more equal and opposite emphasis, it seems, on the tricks and the treats. Uh, Now we kind of say trick-or-treat as a formality, uh, as an indication that, yes, it's the holiday, I'm at your door, and now is when you put candy into my bag. But it seems like when this tradition first came to America or first became popularized, there was a much more equal and opposite, like, you might really be the victim of a trick. Uh, And so there was trick-or-treating, Americans started borrowing from those European traditions, dressing up in costumes, going house to house, asking for food or money. Well, I suppose the tricks got a little out of hand because there was a movement in the late 1880s to make Halloween a community, more family-friendly holiday with with games and, and parties and food and... Really, a community centered event. Uh, the Boy Scouts were heavily involved in that push, uh, and it was kind of popularized as the term sane Halloween. I know that's not very catchy now, but maybe it was catchy. 150 or so years ago but so they make this push for sane halloween where uh, it's more where it's more treats than tricks people start having parties in classrooms at their homes in community centers things like that it's also a cheap way to celebrate as a community to have children go house to house and halloween additionally starts to be geared more and more towards a younger crowd Uh, which probably mitigates a lot of that trick that they were getting in the late 1800s when it first came over. If you start aiming a holiday towards young children, then it's families, it's kids with their parents going out. And so you really mitigate a lot of that. Most of the religious and superstitious overtones of Halloween had died down by the beginning of the 20th century. So we really get that's kind of where we get the full disconnection from Samhain. From from Feralia, from, you know, the, the traditions of the medieval era of, you know, praying for the souls of lost on Halloween, things like that. So that push for sane Halloween, that push away from the tricks especially, is where we kind of see our modern Halloween come and develop. So when you are getting ready for however you are planning on celebrating this year, I'm sure there are a lot of people being more creative than others. Um... You can look back and think about all of these traditions that this holiday has come from, the way that they've evolved, the way that they've changed over the years, and the way that we still see them show up in some places around the world. So I know a lot of people are having to do Halloween really creatively this year. There's not the same comfortability with going out. There's not the same comfortability with going door to door. And so if you need some new inspiration for Halloween, for how to celebrate, for what to do, I would say first, of course, go check out the podcast we did last week because there's always inspiration to be had from cultures that are not your own from around the world. Uh, That's always so exciting to explore. And so maybe you get some ideas there or just take a look into Halloween's past. Take a look and see, you know, maybe there are recipes for soul cakes online. I did see them. They're pretty easy to make. Maybe you make soul cakes. Maybe you have a bonfire. Maybe you tell the story of Jack O'Lantern from ancient Ireland who tricked the devil and then tricked himself into an eternity of roaming the earth But whatever it is, I am sure there is something here that can lend itself to your creative 2020 Halloween celebration. So that is our podcast for this week. As always, I hope you enjoyed yourself. I hope you had fun and I hope you learned something. And I hope you have a wonderful and safe and healthy and spooky Halloween night. Thanks so much, as always, for tuning into our podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed it, feel free to share it, leave a review, leave a rating, tell any of your friends about it, find us on social media, and we will see you next week.